Now, when I was growing up, you had a lot of cards to play to prove you had manliness. You had your jocks, you had your preppies, you had your rich kids, and you had your stoners. By the way, this was long before being nerdly was looked upon as the new sexy. So to all of you people that use names like Spaz and Poindexter on me while I was growing up, you can all suck my pointcasty c- But as I neared my 20s, I finally carved out my own niche of manliness by learning how to work on cars. There was something about being a car guy that oozed testosterone like a three-day-old pair of the pins. And it was reflected in the culture. Most of the TV shows of the time revolved around a fast set of wheels. Dukes of Hazard, Knight Rider, Hardcastle McCormick, etc. But as time marched on, things changed. Sure, I was a good shade tree car guy back in those days. But back then, the cars were easier to work on, too. They were like Rube Goldberg contraptions. This moves that thing, and that makes this thing work, and so on. But with the passage of time, cars moved away from being like the Dukes of Hazard to being like Star Trek. Everything became more computer-controlled and complicated, and now anything beyond the 90s more technical than changing the oil requires a PhD and access to a Hadron Collider. Case in point, I own an early 2K car. Not so current that everything runs through a computer, but current enough that if I work on something that looks simple enough for me to do with a pair of pliers and I turn one screw too far to the left, I'm probably going to break two or three more things along the way. But when you're afflicted with car manliness and you've been screwed by one too many retail mechanics, it's really hard to stick it back in your pants and say, okay, let someone else do it. (laughs) So after 13 years, my car developed a squeak under the front end. It got to the point that it felt and sounded like I was driving a really well-worn mattress down the road. And not for nothing, unless I'm on top of someone or they're on top of me, I don't want to hear all that, especially barreling down the interstate. So I told myself, it's a squeak. I can fix it. Hey, hold my beer. And I did a bunch of Googling and YouTubing and finally narrowed it down to sway bar inlinks. They're these jointed steel bars that let the car bounce without squeaking and stabilize the wheels. And I said, I can do this myself. Ah! So I set out on my quest. Bought the parts, 50 bucks. Bought a floor jack, 50 bucks. Bought jack stands, 40 bucks. And got up one fine morning and said, I'm going to fix my car. And here's how that went. I was doing all of this in my apartment's parking lot, which must be known for being rock solid, since when I got my car up on the stands, it started sinking into the concrete like a fork in the freshly baked brownies. Oh, and a little bit about me. I'm scared to death of tight spaces, and I have a phobia about a three-ton automobile falling off the jack on top of me. So right underneath the car is where I want to spend my Saturday. In Florida summer, I might add. Look, Florida summer is a great vacation spot, but if I'm not in a park being glad-handed by a giant mouse, fuck this heat. But I got it all done, and after a couple of false starts, i.e. I put the thing on wrong and had to redo it twice, the car was fixed. And the squeaking was still there and progressively got worse. So I finally took it to a real mechanic who diagnosed it as ball joints. They fixed it, no problems. Then two weeks later, I get in the car to go to work and suddenly the left side starts clanging. And my first thought is, those worthless mechanics, they fucked up my ball joints. And I drove it right over there and demanded they fix their substandard work. They put it up on the rack, checked the joints, suspension, couldn't figure it out. Then the owner came out, test drove it, looked under the car and said, it's the sway bar end link. What moron installed it like this? And to my credit, I looked him right in the eye, gritted my teeth and said with conviction, my brother. And he gave me a dirty look, letting me know he wasn't buying any of my bullshit and replaced the end link for $30. 
This is after I spent close to $150 for all of the stuff to fix it. Stuff that will sit in the closet and I'll never look at again until I eventually take it out to the dumpster. And I spent all day working on the car, terrified of it falling on me and sunburned as hell. And just like that, I realized my days as a car guy were sadly behind me. Cars are just too complicated for one guy in his late 40s to work on alone any more beyond putting air in the tires. It's best to leave it to people who know a little more about cars than how to look them up on YouTube. But I'm going to keep the floor jack, though. At least I can still impress people by having one of those bad boys. Especially when I stick the handle down my pants. Ah! So this is Point T. Weasel at PointThatFurryHost.com and on iTunes saying that it really isn't less manly to admit that a job might be beyond your skills. And sometimes, if it's a major issue like something complicated with the car, it's best to leave it to the experts. Hello! Not you! Not me what? You're not a car mechanic. No, but I'm as big as a car. Then why are you carrying the vice grips? I thought you might be up for a few rounds of squeeze. Balls. Fine, but go easy on old lefty. Bruises like a grape. <laughs>